The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Sponsored by Baker Hughes, a GE company, inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. It's so nice to share this time with you. I'm sitting in Midland, Texas, in an amazing office at Cud Energy Services with Clint Walker, who is the general manager. Thanks so much for being with us today, Clint. Thank you for being here. First of all, before we get into our interview, I want to ask everyone to help us out, help our new show, Permian Perspective, out by taking a few minutes to leave a review in iTunes. I want to give a huge thank you to Rally90 for leaving this five-star review. Rally said, this is a very informative podcast for people that live in the Permian Basin as well as others considering relocating. Keep it going. Thanks for the information. Well, thank you, Rally. We appreciate that five-star review and hope that others will follow suit and leave one. Okay, so Clint, we have a lot of ground to cover. Let's just start from the beginning. How did you get in the oil and gas industry? Well, I was uh, I was home from college one day and a friend of mine by the name of P.O. Wilbanks came by the house and uh, I was looking for work. And he said, hey, have you ever roughnecked? And I said, no, but I always wanted to. And so that evening, I was on a drilling rig between Claremont and Post, Texas, and we were coming out tripping pipe. And the next thing you know, I was in the cellar, and the cellar is below the rig, and I was up to my nose in mud with a couple of hammer wrenches in each hand. And uh, I said, now, what's this called? And he said, it's called roughnecking. I said, oh, okay. And, this is fun. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> And at that time, the money was just really good because that was back in the late 70s. And the next thing we know, we broke that rig down and uh, we moved it piece by piece between Meeker and Rangeley, Colorado. And they were flying us up there out of Snyder, Texas on a King Air 200. And we're working two weeks on and two weeks off. I was making $1,500 every two weeks. And I thought that was more money than God had ever intended Clint Walker to have. And so that was my introduction into the oil field. And subsequently, I I worked uh, my summers through in college roughnecking on a rig. And uh, when I got out of college, I had worked in the bank and some retail and a lot of different things. uh, And I had a degree in agricultural economics and I had offers from banks and from financial institutions, insurance companies, and make a long story short, the starting pay at those institutions were about $14,000 a year at that time. Mm -hmm. And there was this oil field service company over here for $24,000 a year. Boom. That's where I'm going. Now, if I had equated that on an hourly scale, (laughs) I I didn't realize at the time that it was 24 hours a day. You might be a banker today if you had done that. I might be a banker today if I'd known. (laughs) But uh, that's that's basically how I got started. That's a great story, and I and I love how it just kind of hooked you from the start. And we, when you look back, did you know then that you'd be sitting where you are here today? Oh no, 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 I had no idea. You know, you you just. you get into something that you like and and uh, you think that you like it and it intrigues you and and next thing you know 41 years later here you are 
So obviously you you were hooked. You got here to Midland at some point and you've worked your way up in the business into this amazing leadership role with a wonderful office here in a new facility. Explain where we're at in Midland for someone who is maybe not familiar with the area. Okay. We're in Midland, Texas on the west side, on the northwest side of Midland, Texas. And we're act, uh, actually on the Faskin Oil and Ranch property. And what's unique about this is that it's an ongoing oil and gas development. And they wanted, the, the Faskin organization wanted to ensure that people understood that you could have office space, you could have retail space, you could have single-family housing, multi-family housing, uh, just apartments, everything, within an ongoing oil and gas operation, and not only do it aesthetically pleasing to the eye, mm -hmm. but do it safely. And I, I think they've just done a wonderful job. They really have. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful building overlooking the oil fields of West Texas. Right. Uh, you have a golf course to your right. You've got everything you need right here in this area. That's right. I love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about CUD services and what CUD Energy Services does. Okay. CUD is a multi-service company that has a, a lot of different things. The biggest part of our company is the uh, pumping services, the hydraulic fracturing, and the acidizing part. And uh, that has become the majority of the cost of the well cycle. And consequently, we've grown along with it. CUD was started in 1978 by a man by the name of uh, Bobby Joe Cud up in Woodward, Oklahoma, primarily focused on snubbing, which is hydraulic workover, and well control, and subsequently grew into coil tubing. It was acquired by RPC in 1981, I believe, 1980, going off memory here. And uh, RPC is the holding company for cut energy services. And today we've grown to where we are today. We're, we're based out of Atlanta, Georgia, the holding company is. And once again, cut energy services is there's pumping services, there's coal tubing, snubbing, well control. EPI, Well Control School, Patterson Tubular Services. There's a lot of different things that right. we do, but all of it focuses on going to the wellhead, doing what our customers require to put things in the hole and bring them out of the hole. Nice. So you can put it in your tank. A necessity. Yes. Just part of the process. Because there the are process. so many different parts of the process. And it's a large company. You're not, uh, we, you know, we, we talk, there's, there's large, there's small. How would you clarify your company? Is it medium size? Is it a large company? It's a what we'd call a a, a mid cap type company. Okay. Uh, so we're at time around three billion dollars in market cap. So you know it's it's not a, the biggest company right now, but but uh, it's not a small company by any means. It's, not a mom and pop. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Permian and what you think makes the Permian so great and why that CUD Energy Services thrives here? Well, we've been here a long time. You can look over on that windowsill and you'll see that first hard hat. I mean, that that hard hat was with me in 1978. It was wow. on my head. Wow. And uh, there's only two of those stickers that are viable stickers today. One's Halliburton and one is Slumberjay. And if I had the coveted CUD Well Control sticker at that time, it'd be one of the three. And so CUD is one of those companies that have been around for a long time. And we'll continue to be around. And your next question was, 
what makes the Permian Basin so viable? Yes. Well, it's just, it's really hard for people to understand just how enormous of resource that we have here. It's basically a layer cake of resources, of oil and gas resources, mm-hmm. over an area the size of the state of Alabama. Wow. It's big. It is big. Yeah. And I, and I I think you're right. I think if unless you've been here, you don't realize how big when when people say, oh, you live in Texas, you know, well, we, we have to drive five and a half hours to get to any major city. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it is a large area that West Texas encompasses. And we do have those resources. I know that activity is going to be strong and we all wish we could predict. How do you think activity will be in the next 12 months? What are you anticipating for CUD? Well, for us, it's just uh, it, we've had a tremendous amount of competition into our space. And so it's become very competitive. And so we just get out there and fight every day for the work. And one of the things that we're known for is a very healthy balance sheet. We have zero debt. That's the key to being in the oil and gas service business for a lot of years is because there are going to be it's one day it's chicken, the next day it's feathers. And so you have to be able to withstand those ups and downs in the business. And if you don't have the healthy balance sheet, then you just won't survive. And so we, we really focus on that and a return on invested capital to our shareholders. It's about, you know, if you put money in, you should expect to get something back. And we're, again, we're, we don't play from quarter to quarter. We play for multi-year. I love the chickens and feathers analogy. Can I use that in the future? (laughs) Yes, it's an old, old term. I love that because usually we hear the ups and downs of the oil and gas business. So I love that. It's either chickens or feathers. So how has CUD dealt with that? You say that you look at, you know, you're looking to make money and it'd be zero debt. How is it that you've been able to do that? Because I think that is uh, one of the keys to your success. Well, let's go. It goes back to the balance sheet and ensuring that you don't, you minimize your debt. Uh, there have been times when we've had debt, but we've never had debt over 30% to market cap. Okay. And then just ensure that when you're you're doing the work that you're not going out and losing money on it. Uh, this equipment that we utilize is, is uh, cost a tremendous amount of money. And if you, once again, every time that you're utilizing that equipment, you're depreciating and you're wearing on that equipment. So it's, it's important that you get a return on that investment. It, it, in a lot of ways, we're like an EMP. If we're not replacing our reserves, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be a dying company. So you have to all, you have to maintain your existing equipment and you've got to be ne- looking for the next innovation in equipment and technology. How has that technology changed over the years? What are you doing now that's different technology-wise? Well, I think a lot of the technology, it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the things as it concerns hydraulic fracturing mm-hmm. has, we've kind of gone back in time in a lot of ways, but just the technology of efficiency as it comes to the drilling rigs and the, the times in which you're getting these wells drilled to the times where our services are on the location. The zipper technology has allowed us to go 24 hours a day, switch from, it may have three or four wells on a pad, and we can switch from one well to the next, basically, on continuous duty. So we're, we're pumping or fracking over, you know, 20 hours a day, 22 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And that is just phenomenal. It wasn't too long ago 
you know, a long day was four or five hours. Wow. Yeah. It's big. So the efficiency is just there. The efficiency. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's talk about growth because I know you have seen major growth here in the Permian Basin. We've, you know, being that you've, your company's been around since the 70s, you've seen the growth pattern. How has this technology helped you support your growth? Well, the technology, as far as the actual drilling technology, mm -hmm. yeah, that, once again, this resource that we have here is just so enormous. And so at the beginning of the cycle, there was more work than what we, we could do. And right. so that supports, you know, investing more capital into your business, creating more jobs, bringing in more equipment, all it's, it's a great scenario. And then there's something called private equity and mm -hmm. then private equity entered the market and they saw those kind of returns. And, and so a tremendous amount of money came into the space, all the space, the EMP space, the, the service company space. And there's something called capitalism and uh, capitalism take, takes into effect. And, uh, you know, that uh, it creates the competition. And so we've got, we have more frat crews today than what we have worked. So it, it becomes a very competitive business. And then it's all about price and then going out and performing because our customers, they expect us to perform a safe, professional, proficient, and most importantly, a reliable and repeatable process. Right. And if we don't do that and somebody can do it for the same price or cheaper, they're going to put them on that location. Right. You've got to always be on top of your game. you got to be on top of your game. Let's talk about infrastructure because I know infrastructure is a hot topic right now for all of us that live here because not only do we work here, we live here. How important is it for oil and gas companies like CUD to support the community in the basin? Well, it's it's really important. You know, one of the things that you can't be all things to, to everyone. So I think it's very important as a steward of, of your capital resources and a steward of your community that you, you pick pick something that you're very passionate about. And, you know, kids are very important to us. And so we we give a lot to uh, some charities here in the Permian Basin. And then on the other side of it is, uh, you know, get involved in your industry organizations. Yeah, it's That's very important also. If you can't commit your resources, get involved. Be, be part. Have some manpower to, to provide to these or the Permian Basin Petroleum Association, which I'm a member of and past chairman of, you know, one of the things that I'm so proud of is the, the H the health uh, safety and environmental committee that was created. And it, it just, it's taken a whole a myriad of different people, personnel from the, all these companies. And they're coming up with these, these standards and, and procedures to ensure that our employees are safe. And that's, that's the most important. We want to make sure our employees get home and that the families ensure that they, that their loved ones get back to where they need to be. So yes. those are important things. You can talk about hospitals. You can talk about schools. There's a lot of things that we try to influence with, with the ongoing legislature, with the right. U.S. government commenting. You know, we've, we've provided comments on uh, making some, improvements to our our highways uh, through motran and and there there's there's just a lot of different things that you could do but if you don't get involved and you don't voice your opinion you're not gonna you're not gonna 
have an impact on it, in my opinion. That's a good point. What What are some of the ways that, that your company supports maybe diversity and inclusion? Well, you know, once again, we're equal opportunity employer. And we, uh, if you're willing to work, we're ready to put you to work. And it's uh, it's all about the qualifications. It's never been an issue whether you're a female or a male or, you know, what background you come from, if you're willing right. to work and you're qualified for that position, you're able to, you're able to be able to go to workforce. And one of, one of the things that I'm uh, very proud of, because it goes back to that original story, how I got started in the oil field is that these kids in the summertime coming home from college, if they're looking for a job, I really don't care what degree they're trying to get. Uh, we have a lot of petroleum engineering and geology students come to workforce. But if you're willing to work and you want to work, I'll put you to work. And you just never know where that may lead. And a lot of because of that action, we have a lot of employees that's, that uh, are working here now because they work for us in the summer. Right. Getting the foot in the door. Getting heard, the foot in the door. We've heard it so many times. Just providing these kids with the opportunity to succeed and if they don't if they never have the opportunity it's you know it's just it's a different time that we live in and, and I, I want to give them every advantage that we can I love that and I know you and I both share that passion for our children yeah and and I think anything that you can do to encourage them and to just try something and because you never know where it would lead you just never know what would you say to to someone maybe a college student that is home that you mentioned what would you say to them about getting into the oil and gas industry even if maybe it's something they haven't thought of before why should they come and, and maybe intern or work you know right now is really you could get a job anywhere here well first of all the the levy, your your benefits and your compensation, you're going to be paid as well as any place that I know of. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and now, is it the prettiest place in the world where we are? I happen to think so, but there's a lot I do of people. Too. See, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think the sunsets and the sunrises are beautiful. I mean, I, I love it out here. I, I travel all over the world, and uh, there's nothing I like better than Midland and the surrounding area. Right. But you know. To that, you just never know where this may lead you. Mm -hmm. the, the oil field, we're talking about the Permian Basin right now, but it is a global industry, and it may lead to things that you didn't even realize that, uh, that were a possibility. What's your most important business tool that has helped you get to where you are today, from mud up to here to this beautiful office? Well, I would say my most important business tool is communication, just what we're doing right here. Right. Making sure that we understand what the issues are, making sure that we that the customer is communicating with us, we understand what his needs are, and then communicating with them to that we have a solution for those needs. And I think that root of all problems that we have, whether it be business or personal or whatever it may be, is can be just boiled down to communication or lack thereof. Yes. Lack thereof usually is what gets you in trouble. <laughs> I think of, uh, do you remember Three's Company? Yes. Exactly. It always seemed like l lack of communication is what got them in the situation That's that right. they were in each time where yeah. poor uh, Jack was, you know, falling over something because he misheard something. I mean, it's just lack of communication. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that is so key to most companies yep. that uh, if they focus more on that, that the success level just rises. So 
Good tool. That's a good business tool. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Clint. What is the most important lesson you have learned through the years of being in the oil and gas business that you could share with our listeners that might help them? Maybe if it's a tip that could help them be a little bit better. Well, we always, we have these things that are set in our mind and we just, we, we have a plan. But the one thing that's constant in this world is change. And if you're not able to be able to change or adapt to your surroundings, then in my opinion, you're not going to be successful. And I just think that that's knowing that going in is very important to whoever you are and whatever you do. I just know that change is inevitable, but be open to that. Be open to the communication. Be able to communicate your ideas and and then act upon them. It's just it's just that important. With that said, with change always happening, I know that something that I not going to say my age, but at my age, <laughs> struggle with when there's new technology that comes in at first. Because to me, that's change. Right. Uh, what would you say to someone that is maybe dealing with that same exact issue where they, they're having to relearn maybe their 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 trait or their, you know, the way they did things because of technology? How did they make that transition more smoothly? Well, I, once again, you've got to be open to that. And you constantly have to be learning. You have to be re-educating yourself and one of the things that you know you can look in our business you know to that point is automation and mm-hmm. it wasn't too long ago if i had 24 pumps that were on location i had 24 operators running those pumps now i have one person wow doing that and that's technology that's automation and and so all those operators we reposition that way. They're, they're doing something else. So we can be on location with a, a lot less people than we have in the past. So I think keeping up to date with technology, once again, constantly learning and being open to the idea saying, well, this is the way we did it back in the day. Well, the day... <laughs> Guess what? It's changed. Right. And there's your costume again. Yes. What is the periodical you listen to or a book or podcast that maybe inspires you the most? <laughs> well, I wish I was, I, I can tell you that I, I read the economic, uh, the economics or the financial times, but. Uh, it's okay. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> when I read, I, I like to escape and I really like uh, history books about this area. I love all of Jay Avitt's uh, Haiti books, uh, Charles Goodnight. I guess the best book that I've read, nonfiction book, is The Empire of the Summer Moon. And it's about Quanta Parker and Cynthia Ann Parker and the formation of the Texas Rangers. And it's by an author by the name of S.C. Gwynn. And it's just a it's just a wonderful read about this part of the world and and the Comanche Indians. And I just I just I just loved it. And nonfiction. Oh, there's so many good books out there, the Vince Flynn books. Uh, but I would, I'd say the best one uh, that I have read in a long time is I Am Pilgrim. Okay. By Terry Hayes. It's, it's one of those. It's a, and I'm waiting for his next one. And what's, and what's it about? Oh, I don't want to give it away. You don't want to give it away. So everyone write that one down right now. I Am Pilgrim. And what was the other one? Empire? Empire of the Summer Moon by okay. S.C. Sam. Sounds good. Gwen. Okay. 
I'm going to write those two down and okay. I'm going to look those up. I love hearing what people are reading or listening to. It's always fun. Tell me, do you have a favorite quote or, or Bible verse that you listen to or that you live by? Well, okay. If you ask me the Bible verse, it's Romans 1 through 12. I just love that that passage. It uh, gives us gives us hope. And then it's Romans 5 verses 1 through 12. <laughs> and then... The other one that just every, every time I read it, it just gets me uh, the hair on the back of my neck standing up. And it's by Theodore Roosevelt, and it's called The Man in the Arena. And yes. it's, it's just one of those speeches that just, just it's very inspiring to me. I love, I, I, I'm right there with you. I love that one. Yeah. That is a good one. And anybody that is maybe, you know, has, has received criticism or has, you know, feeling a little down, they need to read that one. It'll yeah. get them right back yeah, up. It gets you. <laughs> Think about it now. That's right. Uh, what advice would you give to our audience that is maybe going through a similar journey as you, or you know, maybe just wants to continue down this oil and gas path because it is here to stay and it's going to be here a while. And there's so much prosperity here, and and just and, and so much activity. What would you say to someone? Well, I did an article in the PVPA magazine about this, and I would say this. Stick with it. You just don't know. You just don't know. I, I have to tell you, I came out, of, I worked hard all through all my life uh, in the summers and uh, in college. And I came out of college. I have a college degree. And next thing you know, I've got a uniform with my name on it. And I'm out there again up to my nose in the mud all hours of the night. And but I stuck with it, and I learned a lot, and I learned a lot of different situations, and I learned how to communicate with people and and understand what their needs are. And just because you're in a position that may be in an organization hierarchy, you know, for lack of a better terms, higher, mm-hmm. or, uh, that doesn't mean that that person that is a truck driver doesn't have as his needs are just as not, or she's needs are not just as important as yours. It's mm-hmm. just very important to remember that. And I think you just, you stick with it. And, you know, 41 years later, you, you end up, you end up okay. <laughs> it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. I love that. And finally, is there anything go- coming into this interview? You said, okay, gosh, here comes Krista. She's going to, she's going to interview me. I hope that I get this across. Is there anything that you were, you know, you really wanted to get out to our listeners about either cut energy services or your path to get here? Well, I would just say, you know, we live in a great place. We live in the best state. And we live in a great country. And if you're willing to work and you're willing to make the sacrifice, and if you're willing to act upon your decision, it's a lot of times it's not being the smartest guy in the room. It's not being the strongest. It's not, it's the ones that's uh, willing to take action upon it. And I, I would just say that if you believe in something and you have a passion for that, and I think passion is a very important word, to utilize. If you have a passion for what you do, you'll be successful, whatever it is. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Clint. I really appreciate you spending this time with us. General Manager Clint Walker of Cud Energy Services. I really enjoyed it. If someone wanted to reach out to you or get to know you a little bit better, what is the best way to do that? Best way to do is go through 
www.cud.com and that will that, that will get me there. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Clint. Appreciate you. Right. We have a new segment on Permian Perspective highlighting all the good things happening here in the basin. And this week's community MVP is wine, women and shoes. That's right. Wine tasting, designer shopping and shoes raised money for a good cause in Midland last week. Wine, women and shoes, the hallmark event of the Midland Rape Crisis and Children's Advocacy Center raised tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, hats off to everyone that was involved. The event is in its sixth year. It is a lot of fun. And all of the funds that are raised will help with critical services that MRCCAC provides. And just so you know a little bit about what they do, in 2018, MRCCAC was able to conduct more than 600 interviews with survivors helping people here in West Texas. It is a wonderful organization helping others. If you would like to know more about next year's event, Wine, Women, and Shoes, you can go online. But we just want to say hats off to this week's community MVP. Great job, everyone. Also, a special thanks to our sponsor, Baker Hughes, a GE company inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Thanks again for joining us. I really love sharing this time with you each week. And that concludes our episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. So just remember my motto, dream big and believe in yourself and never give up. Anything can happen. You make it a great day. Hey everyone, it's Julie here with the events on deck for May 2019. We have our Midland Happy Hour on May 21st at Midland Beer Garden, and it will be from 6 to 9. And then we have our Houston Happy Hour, and it's going to be at the Cannon from 6 to 9 on May 28th. This month we have the Oil and Gas Smart Contracts Conference on May 15th and 16th, and we will actually be launching another one of our new podcasts live from that event. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. We have the Merge Market Energy Forum on May 21st. At, it's in Houston. Just check that out in the show notes. And then we have a charity event, Golf for Good. That's a golf charity event for Redeemed Ministries. That's going to be on June 11th, 2019, and they are still looking for sponsors. So check that out in our show notes, and if you want to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. And that is it for the month of May. Some events on deck in the the coming months. We have Shoot for the Future, a clay shoot on Friday, July 26th, and then... NAPES and the, the NAPES summer is coming up in August and that is it for our upcoming events. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com. <laughs>